0: everyone. Welcome back to Capitalize Your Fridays. I'm Taylor McGowan, Senior Wealth Design Specialist at Altius Financial, and I'm joined by Mike Williams, founder of Altius Financial.
1: Hey, everybody. It's good to be here.
0: So today we're discussing lifestyle choices and how they can actually kind of have a large impact on your finances.
1: So first, we got to do our quick disclaimer. Any discussion we may have on our podcast is not meant to be direct investment advice. And we recommend reaching out to either us or your financial team for any specific investment advice. If you're looking for a financial advisor or a team, just give us a call or get in contact us with email. Michael at altiusfinancial.com or Taylor at altiusfinancial.com. Or you can always go to our website and check in there at altiusfinancial.com. So, Taylor, what are we talking about today? I, I saw this as a lifestyle kind of uh, planning discussion. What do we want to talk about? How, how cutting out a, a coffee a day might make a life-changing difference?
0: <laughs> yeah, so I think you and I both know one cutting out one coffee a day isn't going to change the world. But our, our real goal for today is to reflect on really the nominal impact of our lifestyle choices and how they, they can actually have a compounding effect on our overall finances. So maybe, yeah, a coffee a day isn't really the difference between going on a trip to Europe or not. But maybe if you cut out half of your coffees in a week, that actually could be a trip to Europe or that could be a down payment on a car or a house or.
1: So you're saying that uh, my coffee habit might help me uh, save more money. What what is my you know if I if I did take a look at like you said reflect on my coffee habit or other habits that I might have? Yeah. you didn't call them vices, did you? Um, but any <laughs> any habits that I might have, uh, what what does that add up to?
0: Yeah, so you call them vices. I'm not going to necessarily call them vices. I would more say, okay, these are choices that we're making. So it's it's weighing that value versus what are you getting? Do you want to have that value now or do you want to have that value compounded later? So looking at your coffee specifically, I don't know about you, but I I like Starbucks. And if I go to Starbucks, I can't really leave there without spending $5 a coffee. (laughs) I don't know if that's across the board everywhere, if that's the Dunkin' Raid or the Pete's or any of the other big places. No so I'm a little different than you. Right? I
1: actually only spend like maybe a couple of bucks because I get the just the basic black coffee. But on the other hand, <laughs> I might be ordering a donut or something too. So
0: so your so your five dollar coffee might be a ten dollar because you've got two plus a pastry or something. Um, but I figured let's kind of keep it as round numbers for for sake of making this easy for people to comprehend. Um, if you spent five dollars per coffee and Let's say you just had one coffee per day, um, which even that's like pretty unlikely. annualized that's about eighteen hundred and twenty five dollars per year. So one thousand eight hundred and twenty five dollars. that's that's a round trip to Paris. Yeah, that definitely
1: adds up, <laughs> certainly.
0: um now let's let's say, oh, you don't need that coffee every day. you really. You're just doing this on work days. This is just to get you through, through that little mid work day slump. You, you just have this once a day, five, $5 a day, five days a week. And then let's assume 52 weeks a year. So that's only $1,300, but still $1,300. That's still a big chunk.
1: Yeah, that definitely still is adding up.
0: Now say you have kids and all of your kids get coffee. You have a spouse, your spouse gets a coffee. I mean, this,
1: Now we're talking real money. Double,
0: triple, quadruple. Or say you get two coffees a day, three coffees a day. Maybe you buy some for your coworkers. I'm not saying you need to give up your coffee. I just want you and I want all of our listeners to be aware that, okay, well, maybe those, these one, one one-off treats, if I'm doing it every single day, it can have a compounding effect and it can have a large impact rather than just the $5 you spent that one time. So we, we did look at some different things because, so maybe you're listening to this and you're like, coffee doesn't apply to me. I'm not a coffee drinker or I hate Starbucks. I make my own coffee. So I did kind of plug in some of the per day and annualized assumptions. So if you're doing a coffee at home, so for those of you who are saying, oh no, I've already got this, but I still drink coffee at home, then you're still ranging approximately 16 cents to 25 cents per cup so likely i don't know if if your family is like my family but my parents drink a pot of coffee in the morning before they even start the day so that's at least yeah
1: that's the thing is most people aren't going to be giving up their coffee right i mean you're saying there are ways to to economize but you're not telling someone to give up their habits are you
0: no i i'm telling people that okay Maybe you want to adjust your habits. So maybe instead of having five coffees at Starbucks in a week, maybe you have two cups of Starbucks in a week and then have the rest at home. So then you're cutting like fifteen dollars a week out, give or take. Same thing with tea. Your tea can add up. I don't know about you, but I had a boba tea addiction for a little bit there. Um any of my friends who <laughs> are listening to what's this. What's a
1: boba tea addiction mean? <laughs>
0: what does it, that even mean it's so well do you know what boba tea is I can't,
1: isn't that kind of an uh, an asian or japanese uh, yeah. tea with little bubbles or something in it
0: yeah they have these little um tapioca pearls as the terminology Not <laughs> i bubble. believe um they they taste like little soft they're kind of like gummy bears almost hmm. um similar consistency and To me, those were, that was my, oh, I made it through the day. I had a good day. I was successful. I completed some tasks. So I'm going to treat myself with a boba tea, but those can quickly add up. So those are, I felt on average about six five to $6, sometimes even more. And then another thing to keep in mind is if you have these habits, so if you're getting coffee, tea, boba tea, who knows, whatever kind of, recurring drink that you like to have. Now, if you get it delivered, then it's way, 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 way more expensive. So I, the day I got my COVID shot, the only thing I could imagine that I wanted because I felt so sick was a boba tea. And that was my dinner that night, but it was also a $15 boba tea.
1: Well, so, geez, that's kind of a special time a for you. You don't get it. You don't get a COVID thing. shot every day, at least not. <laughs> maybe they're gonna No, But, but of... I'm
0: saying if people are listening to this and saying, oh, I I, deli- I get my stuff Uber Eats delivered every day, then you can really have it can be a lot more than maybe you even realized.
1: Sure.
0: On the same note, maybe you're not one for selective beverages, but maybe I know a lot of people who have kind of that vape habit. I had to Google this because I am not a vapor, but um, according to Juul, the average Juul Pods users spend about $600 per year on just vaping. So maybe you have a coffee habit and a vaping habit, then you're at.
1: Well, you you three sort of grand. skipped over the whole idea of you know people who are originally the, the yeah. nicotine users the cigarette smokers uh, and how much they spend. Obviously, yeah. a lot of it's in taxes that they're spending, but it's an expensive habit.
0: Yeah, it's it's considerably more. Yeah. Do you want to go into that?
1: Well, it looks like, you know, on average, a person spends about $7 a pack of cigarettes. And I don't know too many sm- smokers who don't smoke at least, you know, a pack or two a week. So the math adds up significantly. You know, we're talking about $2,500 or more per year for someone who's a regular smoker. And maybe if you just, you know, occasional, then you can cut that down some. Obviously it's, it's it's a tough thing on your health as well. So some of these things that we do can really add up as far as the finances, as well as improvements in health. You know, we have some other examples, like if someone's a, a CBD user, a weed user, you know, those things uh, add up as well. And most of us, a lot of us will eat out, eat lunch out once in a while, or yeah. frequently, and that can add up in a big way.
0: Yeah, I remember when I first when I first got hired here, I, and those of you who remember Tammy, she was such a sweetheart. She would always say, hey, do you guys want to go out to lunch? And every so often I'd be thinking in my head, oh gosh, I don't know if I can even afford to go out to eat lunch. And she'd be like, oh, do you want to come? And I'm like, I, I love that you invited me. But I, I packed my P b j and j or my leftovers from last night's dinner, and I got to eat that tonight because, at least in the Denver area, eating lunch out is anywhere between 10 to $30 per time. And so, I mean, if you're doing that every weekday or if you're doing that multiple times per week, it can be like $5,000, $2,000 easily just from eating lunch. Which you could easily just pack a lunch. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> most notes. of us dine out, even not just lunch out, but dinners out, or having, like you said, things delivered. Most yeah. of us spend a lot more than we realize. Now, th- there's some real benefit to that. Um, you don't have to prepare the meal, and you know, if you go to some place that you really like, it's a it's a relaxing social thing, maybe. But it can add up. I mean, dining out for two, even if you go somewhere not that expensive, you know, thirty five, forty dollars for a dinner out in some ways, tough to get. Um, But if you do that on average, once or twice a week, that's going to be ending up thousands of dollars per year as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, just thinking like, how can you get a two-person meal for $30? And that's what (laughs) Chick-fil-A. So if your date night is Chick-fil-A, then great. But then that's still quite a bit. If your date night is sushi or something, and then you also want to think about, okay, well, are you adding in Are you having any alcoholic beverages because those can easily double the tab or even just soda i know my stepdad used to always joke and say oh well that's where that's where they get you is the soda but it's pretty true because the cost of adding a little bit of flavor to the water isn't much to the business but they charge you four dollars a glass or something and at that point you might as well order a glass of wine (laughs) on a similar note then one what if you have a family so maybe you're dining for two now became dining for four or five or 10.
1: Yeah. And so. it's amazing how when we kind of go through these costs with our clients and uh, doing a financial plan and just ask them to estimate, they're usually woefully low in terms of what they spend on, on these various things, whether it's uh coffee drinking or certainly dining out, most people way underestimate how much they spend on those things. Now, again, if that's, their value system, if that's the most important thing, then it's fine. Um, but it does come at a cost of savings and um, potentially having a more secure long-term future. And that's the main point we're talking about is, is you know being aware of these costs and, and making conscious decisions rather than just having them creep into our lifestyle and before you know it, we're just spending that much on going out or, or whatever it might be.
0: Yeah. Well, so do we want to go through just a few more of these?
1: Ideas? Yeah. What other examples do you have?
0: Well, so... For people in their 20s, or I guess every age, but I I think of, okay, you just graduated college, now your fun thing to do after work is maybe go to a happy hour, go get a cocktail out with friends. But alcohol's expensive. (laughs) Well, and especially depending on where you are, I feel Colorado, when I went to school in Fort Collins, you could get a cocktail and a regular drink was like maybe $5 and an expensive drink was $10. I feel in Denver an average drink is probably $10 and an expensive drink is maybe 15 and then you go to like Vegas and just an average regular drink with nothing special is probably $20 plus so it really varies location to location and the cost of living types of costs in those places but having a a night out with maybe a drink or two or three can quickly become like a 60 100 plus dollar event, which in some places, I mean, that's tickets to a ball game. That's, that's a full activity, but it was just a few drinks. Another thing that I added was just the, the typical girl activities. (laughs) So nails, hair, that kind of stuff. Plenty of girls are, are even told by their beauticians, okay, you need to come back every two weeks and get this redone. But based on average pricing, if you're coming back every two weeks to get your hands and feet done, that's gonna cost you about three grand per year just to get just to have your nails kept up.
1: Wow, you're kidding me! <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> and you have three daughters. So. I'm
1: in trouble. I didn't realize that uh, pedicures and manicures were that expensive. Yeah. I, I guess you know it makes sense. Those people don't want to work for free either. So, but it does add up. That's amazing. Yeah. Do, do women usually go every couple of weeks? Is I that was, a pretty common thing?
0: I would say about 80% of my friends go every two
1: weeks. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And then we haven't even mentioned getting haircuts or uh, styling or blow dryer or all the different things that people might do with their hair.
0: Yeah. And so then hair. I say
1: people, but not me.
0: <laughs> no, you. <laughs> you don't get your hair done? <laughs> well, do you, do you go to get your hair done? Do you go to a place or do you do it yourself? So I before?
1: have very little hair anymore, and you, you know <laughs> that's kind of what I was talking about. But yeah, I get my hair cut, but I don't do it every two weeks.
0: Well, so haircut, the beautician will say, "Oh, come back every six weeks." So yeah, if you're I probably a- I
1: probably go at least that often. Yeah. You know, and and it isn't like I got a lot of hair cut, but you're right, it, it does add up. And I can imagine if it were, you know, if I had a lot more hair, if I was female and had a more expensive hairstylist.
0: Yeah. So on, on the more conservative, which this doesn't sound conservative, but on the conservative side in Colorado, if you're getting a cut, a color and any kind of style, you're going to expect about $200 plus to get your hair done as a woman in the Denver area. And Mike always makes fun of me and says, why do you drive to Boulder to get your hair done? But it's because I can get my hair done for $200 in Boulder. and
1: So it's actually less expensive in, Denver, in Boulder to get your hair done?
0: Yeah, the location I go to is 165 before tip. So hmm. then I've got to tip 20%. Whereas the place I went to, downtown Denver off Larimer Square, was 300 before tip.
1: So that's so, another couple of grand a year that people are spending on their hair. Yeah, I mean,
0: easily, and again, twelve hundred dollars. We're not saved. saying
1: someone should <laughs> stop having their hair done, but I mean, yeah. in each one of these cases, you're talking about funding an IRA or funding, yeah. like you said, going a trip a trip to Paris. And these are a lot of a lot of IRAs or trips to Paris we're talking about.
0: Yeah. Well, and so then that's where you get into. Okay. Well, what what does this even do for me? What what kind of difference is this going to make if I'm funding this into an IRA? And so I don't, I don't want to jump the gun entirely, but I think it's important to talk about the impact of compounding. And like you said, yeah, you should put, you could put this money into an IRA. So say you cut your coffee in half and you're only spending still $900 per year, but then you've now got $912 or 76 bucks a month that you can be investing over and say you're in your 20s or 30s, you've still got 30 plus years to go. Investing that over 30 years at a 5% return is going to get you about 63K, which I don't know about you, but that seems like a good chunk to me. I'd take an extra 63K in my retirement savings. Now, if you're cutting out a couple things, so say you cut out, I don't know, a coffee and you cut out a little bit of your tea and maybe you smoked a little bit less and Skipped one of your hair appointments per year, it can really make a huge difference on what you're saving overall. And those those are really just the little things. I mean, I know to me, my hair is a big thing, so (laughs) it's a big event to to me. But if I skip a lunch out, or if I say, okay, this week we're not dining out, we're gonna, we'll go back to that next week. It makes a huge difference overall. And if you look at that, okay. If I skipped out, I skipped dining out once a week every month for the next year, the amount of money you can be saving immediately, even just not investing, is these two thousand, three thousand, multiple hundreds of dollars. And then once you look at, okay, now I can invest that, then you get what? I've, I mean, it really depends on what you're investing in, but on the low end, of one percent or point zero four percent return on a CD right now or potentially double digit returns in a good market.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing is, I mean, that's a big piece of what we're talking about is that compounding effect of small decisions Mm -hmm. that really do have add up to a lot. I mean, it's kind of cliche to talk about some of this, but that's kind of how life is. You make little investments along the way or make little savings along the way and they add up to big or, or you do a little bit of exercise each day, and, and it's not going to change your life the next day. It's not going to be world-changing, but over the course of weeks and months, you're in better shape. That's what we're talking about is having that compounding effect of daily decisions or daily virtuous activity, if you will, you know, delaying gratification a little bit. And obviously, we, we mean that people should have a balance. It's just making the priorities. Maybe you really do value that, that hairstyling, but you don't really care that much about going out to lunch every day or whatever it is. Making choices like that makes a difference.
0: Yeah. And I honestly, I would, I would urge all of you, all of our listeners to say, to think of one of these things that you do, whatever type of habit is that you do, that is kind of a recurring thing in your life and just price it out and then decide, okay, is it really worth it to me to, to be spending this much per year or per month or over a 10 year period because maybe you'll find that, okay, now I, I really value that time that I spent to get my nails done because I understand what it is in an overall cost and what I'm choosing to have now versus have later. Or maybe it'll tell you that, hey, I I don't want to give this up. I would rather have that money in my savings. I'd rather have a more cushy, secure retirement down the road or have the money saved for that future house or future car or, whatever you're really trading off here.
1: We've been talking about relatively small expenses, but that happen frequently Mm -hmm. throughout the course of a year. What about the big expenses that people have and the big choices they have some control over and how that can make a difference as well?
0: Yeah. So I would say probably the two biggest things that are a few of the biggest things that you're going to make decisions on. I'm going to start with, okay, where, where are you going to live? And for most people that's one of their largest lifestyle purchases whether it is actually purchasing a home or just choosing to rent in a location mike and i talked a little bit about this before we started this recording and i shared how okay when i graduated college i told everyone hey i'm moving to denver i'm i'm moving from fort collins to denver this is going to be great but in reality i didn't really move to denver i moved the Lone Tree, which was like 20 minutes outside of Denver, because the cost of living in Denver wasn't something I was quite prepared for at that time. It was going from college student housing costs to real life rental where everyone has real careers out there. And it just wasn't comparable to what I was accustomed to. And so I was trying to get something closer to where where I felt comfortable but that's something you want to weigh. It's okay. Well, what is the cost of living in my area? And even in like micro areas. So maybe, and I'm going to talk about Denver cause I know Denver, but maybe you're saying, okay, I could move to the DU area or maybe to Inglewood and maybe it's a little bit less than downtown Denver, or maybe I can move to Rhino and maybe that's a little bit less than the highlands or um, different, like even micro regions of your whole city can kind of Adjust what that cost is for you,
1: and that, and that's also where you get into you know, value decisions. Whether someone really likes the energy of a downtown area and they're willing to pay more, but that's that's a cost. Or maybe they like a quiet, more uh, rural or suburban environment, and they don't you know they don't really value the downtown area, so they're they're going to pay less. Yeah, you know, the cost to commute mm-hmm. if you have a job that's far away um, is that going to factor into it. And so there's complications in terms of, and and I say complications, it's really just a bunch of choices. Obviously, the the limiting factor can be your overall income. That can be, well, that determines what kind of lifestyle you have and the choices you can make, whether you can afford to get your hair, hair done more frequently or not, or whether you can go out to dinner or whether you can have multiple drinks in a week or whatever it might be. And that's You know, something we want to emphasize, people can make choices about what their income is, what kind of education, what kind of credentials, what kind of professional training they have, what kind of experience they're getting to make themselves more valuable in the marketplace. So all these things come together in terms of making decisions based upon your values and what your priorities are.
0: Yeah. Well, and and you touched on a key aspect there, and a lot of people think, okay, well, my education is one of my biggest things. If you're under the age of, I don't know, 40, your biggest expense right now might've been your college education. You might've put possibly thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars into education already. And it's worthwhile to weigh, okay, well, what is the goal of that cost? Is it to get a job? Is it to learn skills? Is it to grow as an individual? And Is the cost of the specific school that you're looking at worth the benefit of of what you're getting out of that? Is your specific major going to have any kind of profitability for you? Or is it going to put you into a job that will make it quite hard to pay off that student loan? Do you even need to go to college? Do you want to go to a trade school instead? Or can you learn on the job? Is this a profession that you can just go in and get maybe some certifications that can make you qualified for that career choice? so it's it's definitely great to weigh on the big idea perspective it's great to weigh okay well what are what are the details and what am I trading off in order to to fit into other aspects of my life
1: absolutely yeah you know, we've been talking a lot about and this is kind of repetitive but talking about the choices that people make and with regard to the the education that they have, or the jobs that they're looking for, the kind of income they can earn, and then subsequently the kinds of things they can afford with that income, and the choices they make in terms of expenses and how they decide to live. And we're just advocating for it being conscious, uh, conscious choices. Sometimes I think it's worthwhile for people who are younger to confront more of those choices earlier, Sometimes people say, "Well, I don't want my kid to have to grow up too quickly. I don't want to have to have them making all these long-term life decisions." And I get that. There's a balance again. You don't want to have a kid who's going to college or, you know, midway through their high school career having to worry about uh, supporting themselves and get themselves all wrapped up in the something that they really can't control. But on the flip side, it's a, it's good to have them to be aware of the kinds of value decisions that will have long-term impact. So again, we're advocating people be aware, be conscious, and have that balance. And of course, our job is to have them, to help them make more conscious decisions and then be able to peel a little bit off, make it more permanent, make them, have them be able to save and have much more flexibility with regard to their long-term future because they have some savings. And, and, and people who have savings just have more flexibility and choices. That's the main thing that uh, having a large investment portfolio does for someone is to give them more choices and access to better things in life.
0: Well, I think that kind of wraps it up.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, it's (laughs) interesting to to have that discussion about different kinds of things lifestyle wise. And, you know, the example of coffee that we started off with or whatever it might be, but um, compounding is a big thing. Again, not just with finances, but with uh, all kinds of habits that we have. You know, however we how we treat our uh, kids or spouses or family relationships, you know, how we invest that way, how we invest energy in our in our own exercise and nutrition routines. Those things are little decisions that add up over time. And that's partly what we're advocating for as far as your finances.
0: Yeah. So like you're saying. On the reverse side of spending what you're doing for your health and for your well-being, little bits add up there too. So you can, maybe you go to the gym one more time this week than you were going to go before. Maybe you're eating one more salad in the week or adding a couple of vegetables when you weren't necessarily going to have those before. Every little bit can add up and have a compounding effect on your health. Kind of the same way that making decisions adds up with the ability to save.
1: Absolutely. Well, I appreciate everyone listening to our podcast. We invite you to follow, like, and friend us on Instagram and Facebook and all the social media platforms out there. They're saved as Altius Financial, all one word. And you should be able to see our logo as the profile picture for Instagram and Facebook. We really appreciate all of those out there who are listening to us and sharing it with their friends. And hopefully you'll continue to do that and give us feedback. We also appreciate the fact that many of us are following our 53-week challenge. Just once again, doing this little weekly stuff, checking a box here or there. And we have invited you to join us if you haven't already and participating in next week's challenge. What is next week's challenge anyway, Taylor?
0: Yeah, so we're inviting everybody to set up and maximize their HSA contributions for the year. So if you don't have an HSA account set up yet, you might be coming in close on the time where you can set up new healthcare benefits and now would be a great time to say, okay, let's get a HSA eligible plan and let's start funding that. They do work through calendar years. So if you set it up now, you can fully fund it through the end of 2021 and then get started fresh again for, I know we've got still got four months, but for <laughs> January 2022, you can get started for the next year pretty soon too. If you are interested in setting up any kind of financial plan or HSA, or if you're curious about how that could be an investment opportunity for you, please feel free to reach out to us, michael at altiusfinancial.com or taylor at altiusfinancial.com. You can also, once again, check out our website, www.altiusfinancial.com. Thanks everyone for joining us.
1: Thanks. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next time.
0: Capitalize on your Fridays.